Hi, this is Eric Hathaway, and you're listening to Sometime in Long Island City, a podcast partner of the blog of the same name. This second edition is the first of a series of programmes entitled Artist Portrait, and features Queens-based singer-songwriter Michelle Riganese. Those of you who listened to my last edition will recognise Michelle as one of the Queens of Queens, currently in residence at LIC Bar for the month of May. However, as I explained to my daughter, in residence doesn't actually mean living above the bar, just playing every Wednesday at 10 o'clock until late. So if you're listening to this and it's still May 2012, get down to the LIC bar. Don't just go at 10, go at 8 when the music starts. There's usually an artist at 8, 9, and then during May at 10 o'clock, there'll be the Queens of Queens.
Yeah, that was Learn to Love by Michelle Reganese. I interviewed Michelle about her early life, the kind of music she listened to when she was younger, her development as a musician, and the kind of stuff that she likes to listen to now. So where are you from originally? I grew up in Trumbull, Connecticut. Trumbull, how big's Trumbull? It's tiny, I can't tell you how many people are there, but it's pretty small. It's home of the Little League champions from many, many years ago, but a lot of people will recognize Trumbull by, uh, by that, and uh, Little League baseball that was. It's about an hour out of the city, and I always tell people it's halfway between Stamford and New Haven. Those are popular so cities. So it's quite close to Long Island Sound? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's, it's pretty coastal. I mean, it's like okay. 10 minute drive to the beach, Tenny Beach. Okay. So did you grow up there? Yeah. Right through school? Pretty much. I, well, I started performing when I was really young. So at about eight or nine, I started commuting to the city and every day for quite a period of time. So New York's always felt like a second home to me. And uh, so I split it between with school. I, I did do the school and traveling to New York. And then I also did a period of time where it was working with a tutor while I was doing so that you've been performing since you were eight or nine? Well, I've been performing since I was actually five, right. but professionally right. since yeah. I was yeah. about, yeah. we'll say nine, yeah. 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 Was that something that came to you naturally? I guess it was. I can remember the moment that I went to a small town production and it was Alice in Wonderland and I can remember standing up at the end and pointing and looking at my parents and saying, I want to do that. And that's what inspired them to take me to the dance classes. And, um, so you started as a dancer? Uh, dancing, yeah, but the woman who ran the dance studio also put on numerous recitals and uh, theater productions. So I was always doing those, singing, dancing, acting, since I was five. All right, so does that run in your family? Not really. Um, I mean, the music side of it, my grandfather was very musical. He played violin. He was a, a, a big band conductor of a fairly big orchestra back in his day. And um, my dad's side has no musical, <clears throat> as far as I know, influence. But my brother Mike, he's very good on guitar just very good with his hands in general, and uh, he's into making guitars now. So he's also got a big connection with music as well. Mm -hmm. My family enjoys music, but yeah. that's about it for them. So what was around at home when you were growing up? I did a lot of John Denver, Linda Ronstadt was huge, Everly Brothers were huge. Um, I did go through the Beatles. Um, and then with my brothers, I was getting little bits of things like Kiss or Led Zeppelin or Rolling Stones or mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Clapton, that kind of stuff. <laughs>
Beverly Brothers is really quite a long time ago. Yeah. So was that the stuff that was in the record collection of your of your parents? Probably. Um, well, they were cassette tapes. All right. I'm sorry. For yes. me. <laughs> I'm quite old-fashioned. <laughs> we had records too, but I think yeah. that's when cassettes okay. were yeah. a little more popular. So I I know I I stole a lot of those. Patsy Cline was huge too. So every morning before school, I was popping those in and. After midnight, out in the moonlight, just like we used to do, I'm always walking. After midnight, searching for you. I walk for miles along the highway. Well, that's just my way. Observations of you. Uh, I think you're a great performer Thank you. because you don't perform. Yeah, I think you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, I you're just yourself out there and you just mm -hmm. you don't put on any acts You don't try and be anything that you're not, but you're co very comfortable Thank you. performing like that and that's uh, one of the 
uh, great impressions that you give over when you perform. Mm -hmm. So let's get back to writing songs. You've been writing songs, you've been making up songs since yeah. you were young, and then you started recording them mm -hmm. into a cassette recorder. When did you first perform one of your own songs? Uh, like for real? For real in front of an audience. That would, that would have been in college, after I, right after I picked up the guitar. My roommate had a, uh, her, well, boyfriend at the time, now her husband, had a small coffee shop club downtown and she was like, you should go and play and just play, you know, in the coffee shop. And so I did that. And I don't remember much about the experience. I remember being terrified to do it. But um, there were just a couple people there and the most frequent uh, response I got was your voice. So great, I love your voice. So that inspired me to continue um, working on the songwriting. Okay, so let's talk about your music and the kind of influences that you've had as a, as a writer and as a performer. Mm -hmm. So who would you say are big influences for you? Earlier, it was definite, as a performer, I, I really loved Jeffrey Gaines. I love watching him perform. Uh, Patty Larkin was another one. They both carried this huge bit of themselves to the stage, had a great way of telling stories, which I have not yet mastered, and just an effortlessness that was beautiful to en enjoy as a, a listener and a uh, spectator. <laughs> Doorways to a thousand churches 
and resolution of all my fruitless searches. Oh, I see the light and the heat. Yes, I want to be that complete. When I touch the light, the heat I see in your eyes. Sam Phillips, a huge admirer of her work, and um, and then I was really into also listening to productions um, and the producer aspect of music. Um, yeah, I was huge into Garbage for a long time. I just thought they had an incredible team of what they did with production, and uh, for sure T-Bone Burnett is another huge favorite of mine for production. So you've got an ear for the way things are produced in mm -hmm. recordings. And does yeah. that then influence your, the own way, your own way that you make recordings now? Do you, are you a perfectionist? Do you want to be part of every part of the process? I am every part of the process, definitely. Mm -hmm. I do my own art. I, I co-produce with anybody I work with and um, and I've gotten better at distinguishing what I like and what I don't like as I've gone, gone on. But I, I'm very uh, aware of not being a perfectionist because it's, it would, the, the art would never get out there if I just sat with it. Because I, I would, like everyone else, just sit and work it and work it and work it and work it. And I prefer to keep creating and putting things out than working on something and taking a really long time and only putting a limited amount of mm -hmm. 
what I have to share. Right. So you like to take the risk of something being yeah. a little bit raw. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I've seen you do that in, in uh, when you've performed as well. You say, here's a new song. And it's like, yeah. it's like you're trying something out in front of people. Yeah. It doesn't have to be perfect. You're trying it out yeah. the first. Yeah. I once yeah. heard Neil Young doing that. He, he played a half-written song. Oh, no, cool. it wasn't live, it was on TV in England. It was um, A Man Needs a Maid. Uh-huh. And he sat at this piano and said, this is a new song I'm just making, and it's a Canadian accent. And, it, and he just sort of just played it, and then there's bits that they didn't have anything, and then he carried on playing it. I thought that's really amazing to have a view into an artist's creating a new thing. And I think that's what you're doing as well when you're performing something. Well, now I know who to call when I'm in the middle of a song. <laughs> yeah, I find that really special when I, when I hear an artist playing something for the first time or trying something out. Annie DeFranco used to do that a lot in her performances. And I just thought that's really cool, you know, to share that little bit of something raw, like you were saying with your audience. So you were brought up in, what was it, Tumble? Trumbull. Trumbull. Yeah. <laughs> so you brought up there and then you went away to college? Uh-huh. Where did you go to college? NYU, here in the city. Okay. All right, so here you were in New York, yeah. but you knew the city already because you'd been coming here exactly. to do your theatrical stuff, so it wasn't a big, overwhelming experience yeah. for you. It was just, you just fitted into it. So did you start playing in clubs and things when you were at college here? Probably, I think it was my senior year that I started doing that, and that's the place I told you downtown, the first place that I played the coffee shop, and then I started playing a couple different places that are no longer around anymore. Um, because the turnover of music venues now, you know, so, so sad. Um, but yeah, I was playing around and playing in the circuit back then. And Did you earn money doing that? Not really. I mean, it's kind of the same right now. We're building an audience. And uh, I did a couple things. Like I did a, a sponsored tour out to LA and, uh, and um, Nevada. And so a couple things like that, but mostly it was just playing to get the music out there. And so when you say a sponsored tour, was that a group of musicians? No, it was put just me. It was just you. Okay. Yeah. All right. So who sponsored you for that? That was Sky Vodka. Okay. All right. Is that, I suppose you'd take any kind of sponsorship, would you? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> You're going to fly yeah. me first class somewhere, I'm going to take it. <laughs> All right. What kind of publicity did they get out of that? Were they just advertising themselves to college audiences or were they, were they using your image and your music in advertising? What? Yeah, I think it was um, using the music. I was playing in um, bars and lounges, so I traveled with a lot of the promotional uh, materials. A lot of vodka. Yeah. <laughs> well, not really the vodka, but the, the banners and mm -hmm. stuff, you know, and, and mm. booking shows and, and mm. you know. So what did you study at college? Musical theater. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So did you have an ambition to be a, a musical theater artist? Yeah, I don't know. I think because I grew up doing that, I felt like, oh, well, this is naturally what I do next. And as I got to the end of my schooling, is when I was taking a closer look at what I was doing there. And I decided that my voice and my music was my strength at the time and that I was burnt out on the auditions and the acting and that part of it, or at least theater acting. Um, and 
I had tailored my class down to anything that had to do with voice and tap class. Tap? Yeah. All right. I'm a good tap dancer. Okay. So. When do you get to use that? Couldn't. I don't anymore, which I is really nice shiny, sad. But nice shiny apartment floor. <laughs> <laughs> no, my poor neighbor downstairs would, mm. no, I'd never do that to them. But okay. uh, yeah, I got to get back into that. I love tap dance. How would you use that? I used to want to use it like Paul Abdul did, you know, as a percussive element in the music. Um, and back then in the 80s, it was cool to like tap dance in your video, I guess, mm -hmm. but not anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, I still would love to use it as a, just as a percussive piece, and I have a huge interest in percussion, drums, and... So a tap dancer, musical, have you ever done any sort of Broadway kind of musical theater here? Yeah, that was a big part of my childhood was Sunday in the Park with George. Bit by bit, putting it together, piece by piece, only way to make a work of art Every moment makes a contribution Every little detail plays a part Having just the vision's no solution Everything depends on execution Putting it together, that's what counts Ounce by ounce, putting it together Small amounts, adding up to make a work of art First of all, you need a good foundation Otherwise it's risky from the start Takes a lot of earnest conversation But without the proper preparation Having just the vision's no solution Everything depends on execution. The art of making art is putting it together bit by bit. Note by note, working on projection. Lips, teeth, throat, looking for a moment to inhale. Keeping the emotional connection, even when your fellow actors fail. Pointing up the subtext by inflection. Helping your director reach perfection. Even though you have a strong objection to the way she's handling the direction. Art isn't easy. Even when you're feeling apprehensive That you're looking bland and inoffensive And you wish your wardrobe was extensive But forget that spangles are expensive give you um, a background in musical theory, arrangement, that kind of thing? You know, I pretty much failed music theory class. It just, it was too mathematical and uh, I didn't enjoy it. So I just figured, why do I have to learn this? I'll just have someone else write out. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't mind learning to sight read, <clears throat> which I was pretty good at at the time, but as far as writing out and that kind of thing, I didn't really care for music theory. You learned to sight read for singing? Yeah, uh, you yeah. know. Okay. What about guitar? No, I still have no idea what I'm doing. People ask me, what chord is that? And I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Okay. So do you make up chords? Do you, do yeah. you, do you tune your guitar um, uh, out I, of non-normal tuning? Yeah, I used to tune in standard tuning for a very long time. And 
from what I gather is I was playing chords that most people play, a G, a C, a D, an A, I think were the common ones. And so I used a lot of those. I don't know what they are, but I know that people would say, oh, that's a G or that's a R. And then they would start saying, oh, now you're doing a suspended whatever. And apparently I had some complex chord structures that I didn't understand. And then I hurt my finger. I fractured my pinky and I couldn't play for like eight months. And through that, it was difficult not to play. So someone had taught me to retune to a really beautiful Celtic tuning, dadgad. And so that's what I've been playing in ever since because it didn't require me to use my pinky. Okay, so you keep that tuning all the time. Yeah. 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 You don't know do what Joni Mitchell does, which was retune her guitar between every song. Oh, well, you know, there was a time when I had two guitars on stage mm -hmm. with me and I'd go back and forth, but... So how do you go about writing a song? What do you do? I most of the time start with playing the guitar and finding, finding chords and a some simple melody and once I find something that I like I quickly record it and I'm just singing words they make no sense uh, they just make no sense and later I go back and I think what what I'm trying to say with that song what emotions coming out what maybe I need to express creatively that fits with the tone or the theme, and then I start with the words. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And any words that come to you from your experience or from your thoughts about something? Because I was struck by your words being really quite personal. I don't know whether they actually apply to you or not, but they, mm -hmm. they, they strike a personal notes in quite a yeah. strong way, really. Especially songs from, say, Wishes. The, my CD wishes is a lot more personal.
mean, I write songs about other people. For a long time, I was writing them from my own experience because I felt like I needed to get back to write what you know kind of thing uh, to better work out my crafting of a song. And now I've started to be able to tell other stories again with a more solid understanding of how to use language. And sometimes you sing by yourself. Last time I saw you, you were on your own. On this, and sometimes you have a band. Yeah. So when did you start playing with a band? That was last, I think it was August was the first time I started playing with um, a guitarist and a drummer. And it was really, really nice. Mm -hmm. So do you lead that? How do you, how do you get the band to play your stuff? What do you do? Well, they came to me. <laughs> yeah. So, so when you hit, they come to you and you say, I want to play this song, what happens next? You say, these are the chords. You say, this is how I'm going to play it. Make I give up a what recording. Goes on. I give them oh, okay. a recording mm -hmm. because I have no idea what I'm playing, like I said. And uh, they're great musicians. They're all very talented and lovely people. Everyone that I've played with thus far, because there's been a couple changes. Um, yeah, they just listen to the song and they they pick out the chords and uh, generally I have, well for the songs that are already recorded, I say here's the song, I'm not married to the particular part, but get the tone, get the theme, get mm -hmm. the, the vibe of the song. Mm -hmm. And do you get there. moments when they come up with some kind of interpretive thing that you think really works and slightly, yeah. slightly change what you do? Yeah, my guitarist is really good with that. Finding a, finding the mood or finding a hook or uh, some atmospheric sound that I really like. Yeah, and as we're rehearsing too, oh, we just were saying in the last rehearsal, we have to call out to each other when someone does something really good that we want to hear again. So it's not lost in the, the confusion of everything. And now you're doing Queens of Queens. Yeah. That's a group. Yeah. And, but it's a group of four individuals. So how did that come about? What's your memories of how that started? I was thinking out loud to Janine one day on the train, and I said on the subway back home, I forget where we were coming back from, and I was like, you know, we have some really great women in Queens. Uh, we need to do something with that. We need to, why don't we do some kind of festival or even just a night and we create a singer-songwriter in the round but let's make it a little more unique and we'll each sing harmonies on each other's songs or play something or help each other out with our songs so we're you know going in around doing our songs and helping each other. So that's, that's four of you doing what you've described, singing harmonies with each other's songs. And now you're going to be doing uh, a residency at the LIC bar. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, like, that's five, isn't it? Five? Five weeks. Five weeks. So what are your thoughts about how that's going to be? And I know you're already starting to rehearse. So what, how is that going to be? What kind of material are you going to present? Is it just going to be you accompanying each other with harmonies? Or are you going to do different things, more than one of you playing an instrument? How is it going to be? We're trying to orchestrate it so that we are playing a little more with each other. And uh, two, two of them are, are versed with piano. 
we're all pretty versed with guitar. Uh, I like adding shaker. I would love to add kick drum or some kind of snare or something, but uh, that requires maybe a little more practice. Come to the end of the residency and maybe you'll see that <laughs> added. So, I mean, we're hoping every week to add something a little different so it's not the same thing throughout. So it will grow and change as we, as we get from week one to week five. And it'll just be the four of you? Just the four of us, okay. yeah. Okay. So you play guitar, mm -hmm. no other instruments, but you're really interested in drums. You have, do, you, do you play drums very much? I know you said no, you like drums. No, no, I don't at all. I'm okay. contemplating taking a lesson uh, just to get some percussion in there, even if it's not mm -hmm. rolling out. Yeah. You know. So what is it about the four of you that think, you think gels that brings you forward? Four we of love you each other. <laughs> we do. We really, really get along and we have the same temperaments. We have uh, a deep appreciation for each other's work. And yeah, we work well together. Mm. And, and everyone has a unique but nice voice. So I think we have a good blend as well.
say you've got different temperaments. You've got temperaments yeah. that work well together. That's but what I like it. about the four of you yeah. is that you're all so different and that you work so well together. Different kinds of people. Yeah. Um, but also you relate to music. Mm. Yeah. So let's just um, talk a bit about what music you like now. Say if you were on your iPod or whatever, what would you have in the background for yourself? Um, I do, who am I listening to? I always go back to Sam Phillips every now and then.
Civil Wars. Mm. I'm really into them. Uh, I was into Foster the People for a while. My friend Jesse Terry, his new album, which I'm fortunate to have before it's going to be released. Uh, I'm really enjoying his songs. And the silence stung my ears With her gaze so far from here Maybe Portugal or Spain Oh, I just don't know Why I said hello As snow was falling at New Year's Day, I found grace on a train. I found grace on a train. I know I listened to. Never thought of it again Until I saw her face by chance When my life jumped to tracks It all came rushing back Calling just a random twist of fate So long ago Was her turning point Her cornerstone Someone passing through Can save your life Oh, make you get back in the fight I found Grace on a train And she bought for me When my rent was overdue She said just promise me You'll go out to find your girl To the edge of the world Cause something's telling me She's in the Is there a question that you've always wanted to be asked oh that no gosh. one's ever asked you? Wow, I really am not good with being put on the spot. Mm -hmm. hmm. I don't know if enough people ask me why I do music. Um, I don't really have a choice. 
it's just there in me. And to know that it was something that was apparent at such a young age uh, cements my idea now that I'm older that it's, it's something I'm meant to do. And when I, when I get good feedback from people, especially now that my songs, I, I'm much more confident about the writing of them, um, that people are enjoying it, it, uh, it confirms that this is what I should be doing. It's really therapeutic for me to be able to creatively create something, you know, um, and then have it enjoyed by other people. It's fantastic. Yeah. 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 It sounds like in for most of your life you have been trying to make yourself happy and other people. Mm -hmm. You're wanting the, the the other people to be happy through what you're doing.
That's the end of this edition of Sometime in Long Island City, which featured Queens-based singer-songwriter Michelle Reganese. On the show, you heard Michelle's songs Learn to Love, Hide Your Eyes, and that last song, Kaleidoscope, the title track of her latest EP. You also heard a rough live recording of the Queens of Queens singing Michelle's song Western Bell at the LIC Bar. Other artists and songs featured in the show were the Everly Brothers, I'm So Lonesome Every Day, Patsy Cline, Walking After Midnight, Jeffrey Gaines in a live performance of In Your Eyes, the cast of Stephen Sondheim's Sunday in the Park with George, which featured Stephen Collins, Christopher Durang, Michael Rupert, Rachel York and Julie Andrews. The intro and the outro music to Sometime in Long Island City is Leah Goff Cooper's Human Equivalent, the title track from their album Future Pop. Sometime in Long Island City is a non-commercial podcast aimed at promoting the wide ranges of talent here in Long Island City.